This is Remote Ruby. Have you any remote ideas to the meaning of the word? Yo. Dang. Dang, my man. Man's got some energy today. I'm juicing again. Oh, Lord. Is that a lemonade flavor monster? Yes. Tea and lemonade. Yeah. You know how I knew that? How? It, it's the yellow. Candle's yellow. Yeah. yeah. It's either that. I bet, or... you'll, I bet you'll never guess what flavor the pink one is. Pink lemonade. Yeah. Man, I am two for two. It's going to be yeah. a good day. I was thinking, so we don't have Chris here today. What are all the takes that we have that Chris doesn't agree with that we could really drive home today? Let me think. There hasn't been something that Chris has said in a while that I vehemently disagreed with. You, on the other hand. <laughs> yeah. Go ahead. Let's Let's air it. I'm still thinking about STI. (laughs) (laughs) I'm over it. I'm over it. So what do you disagree with Chris about? Hmm. I like Vimeo better. (laughs) (laughs) Over Wistia? I think he should stop uploading on YouTube. (laughs) I think he hosts his actual Go Rails on Wistia. Oh, really? Can you just... I don't... We should all stop using Wistia. Do people just browse Vimeo? Yeah, I think so. I didn't realize that was a thing. I thought it was just place you put a video on that you link someone to no i don't think so i guess i don't know how the internet works me neither well i'm thinking what do you disagree with chris about oh wait wait i do know what i disagree with chris about the way he says i disagree query. what the way he says query okay well that too that every single time makes me laugh <laughs> quarry i'm like i didn't know we were gonna go mine rocks in the quarry <laughs> but yeah so that's one. That's a big one. That's actually number one. Very much. Thank you for reminding me about that. Your um, face every time he says query. I don't. I'm really bad about hiding like my emotions. Yeah. Yes. Whenever he says query, I'm like, nah. <laughs> so that's number one. Number two, I've never understood why he didn't like view component. And now that he's re-implemented his own version of it, I understand even less. <laughs> I wish y'all could see Jason dying right now. It's okay, Jason, breathe. Oh, I respect it. I respect, knows, I'm not saying I don't respect it. He knows way more about render in than either of us now. Uh, but yeah, yeah, view component. I started another project and I'm playing that game where I'm trying not to add a bunch of gems. And I tried not adding view component. And then after an hour, I was like, what a terrible decision and put it back. Yeah, on, so. yeah I use it. But I mean, maybe that's just the way we think about building UIs differently because we build them from a more product focus. Maybe we're on a bigger team where sharing resources makes a lot more sense. Yeah. You know what needs to take off? What? Web components. I think they did. We had an episode about this a while ago. I don't know if they've taken off. I don't want to talk about front end today because that's like all I talk about right now because that's all that's ever on my mind. And we're not a front end podcast. <laughs> Even we're- though I'm writing React these days. <laughs> How do I pass a prop down 18 different levels? That's Andrew's current problem. Hey, baby. One-way data flow. How many times do I have to refresh this page for the data to actually refresh? <laughs> I hate the internet. Me too. I started using... I call it Spina. I don't know if it's Spina. Yeah, I know what you're talking about. CMS for Rails. It's really good. It is it's really, really good. good. I was impressed. I historically, I mean, I just talked about trying to like avoid using gems. So I have historically avoided trying to use like kind of bigger engines like that. Yeah, me too. 
but it's really good. I wrote the job boardly website in Next.js, and I've been very disappointed in that just because that's not what I do. I don't work in those JavaScript heavy environments often. So I thought I could do it in Bridgetown, but I have somebody working with me on some marketing stuff for job boardly. And I thought they're going to need to edit stuff. I could have hooked up Next.js with a headless CMS where I could have done a WordPress site, but I love myself more than that. Yeah. And so <laughs> I, yeah, this is where I met. I'm building a Rails, I guess you consider a Rails app, but it's mostly just a Spina, Spina site. And it's, yeah, it's great. We'll link to it. But basically you run this installer and then you can define the different sections a page has. You can define some pages that are not deletable. So like a home page comes out of the box. It's really good. I enjoy it so far and I'm excited to use it more. Yeah, you can use it with Bridgetown, by the way. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, that's how I first discovered it. How would you do that? They tell you how. I'm not going to read. I'm asking you to tell me. I haven't used it in a while because I haven't worked on my side project in a while, but their website is Bridgetown. Are we talking about two different things? Spinal CMS? You're not. I'm not talking about Spinal. You're talking about the other one. I think I knew which one you were talking about. I'll put the link in. Spinal. Yeah, you without saying Spinal, though, right? I don't think so. I mean, maybe I have. I don't know. Who knows? This is the one I thought you were talking about. So Spinal would make more sense that it works with Bridgetown. Yes. Yes. It's okay. like a static site CMS. Yeah, it's a static site CMS. Okay. Oh, this is that, cool. When but, you were talking about Next.js, I was like, okay, now I'm on board. You're talk- this is the one I thought you were talking about in the very beginning. Spina. Yeah. 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 Because anyway. you can even see if you scroll down, we work with them a little bit. You can see CodeFund still on there as a list of, on a sponsor on Open Collective. Open Collective triggered. No, never mind. I shouldn't have said anything. <laughs> but it's cool. I enjoy Spina. I think that's Bram. I think who yeah. works on that. Anyway, it's cool. They have a pro version. There's also, it's a different wheelhouse, but Maglev. Maglev never heard of that one. M-A-G-L-E-V. So it's a page builder for Rails. So think Podius Site Builder. Yeah. It's just like a Rails engine. With similar functionality. Similar functionality? Similar functionality, yeah. Yeah. I've been working on our site builder. I don't want to build another site builder, nor even use another site builder ever again. You don't want to build another one? I thought we were going to... No, I'm just kidding. (laughs) (laughs) 3-0, baby. Yeah, we're going to build a whole new Podia. Podia 2? P2. It's interesting, though, for people who need to spin up some type of page builder because it works in like sections and things like that. And that is not what I'm working on in my projects is full on page builders. I just need, well, there's other things I'm talking about right. the marketing site, but for like job boardly, I just use article JS, let you edit your content. The site builder looks really familiar. I mean, it looks right. It looks so close. Yeah, I, I saw it. I, was, I did a double take when I first saw it. I was like, I did a double take too. I was like, wait, wait. <laughs> That's funny. Hey, great minds. I don't know that there's a way to build a site builder that doesn't look the same. That's true. They all do kind of look the same. They all, unless you're doing like inline editing. So right. That's a whole nother beast. WordPress yeah, those on are Rails. W-P-O-R. Yeah, Whopper. I mean, what? Whopper. Whopper. <laughs> oh, hell. 
people already stopped listening so we can continue to just kill perfect just talk about the government okay <laughs> those are two tools that i've been well i've been working with macliff i just saw it but spina i've been working with i've been enjoying uh let's see here what else have i been toying around with a lot of tailwind i've been i know we're not i don't want to talk about front end but i've been using there's a figma component library called it's untitled ui and it's yep. really good i've had a copy for a while i just started using it again and i've been building building blocks between view components but also doing some like tailwind config to make it match and it yeah I forget how good Tailwind is at that. Not just the defaults it comes with, but letting you build your own kind of design system. I will go back and just read through the docs of Tailwind occasionally. So good. They are really good. And I recently rediscovered the... I Because I always edit the theme. And recently I've gotten even bigger about like what should be contained. Because now that you have all these arbitrary variants and stuff, it's like, where does it make sense to set some of these configuration options? I could just set it on the body. Or for your markdown pros components, you could just set all those classes in line versus making the change in the config. So it's I've been kind of like toying with where is it more maintainable? Yeah, I've been starting using arbitrary values. I don't mind using them in components because yeah. you get a lot of reusability that way. In Untitled UI, there's some spacing that's 18 pixels, which there isn't a thing that maps to in Tailwinds because it's right right between what, 4 and 5 and Mm P4, P5. So I've used that enough now that I added a like 4.5 and a 3.5 because I've been using them over and over again. But something else I liked as well is Untitled UI has like kind of base textiles which are mapped pretty well to the tailwind ones, but they also have these display styles, which have different type of sizing and line height. And so I just added more textiles like display small, display medium, and then I can just use text stash display. It's so good. I love it yeah. so much. Yeah. The other thing, I add that to the config and it immediately shows up in the IntelliSense for tailwind. Mm-hmm. Like it's so quick. It's so good. I love it. Yeah. It's very good. The IntelliSense alone is good. Yeah. It's so nice. <laughs> Are we done? <laughs> and that's it? <laughs> that's it. I've been like in a whole different planet the past few weeks. I don't even know what's going on. I've been writing React. Yeah. So, so is, is that why you've been in a whole new planet? No, that's not why. But that's what I've been doing. I don't even... Well, I did make a mistake. Actually, this is a good one. You know how difficult it can be to arbitrarily flip on... Imagine this. I had to do this today or yesterday where we needed to run a data migration to change a column value from an old value to a new value based on some calculation we ran. But there were validations on that column that it had to be within a certain range. And we needed update we were making was changing it to be outside of that range. So we added a new validation and added conditions on it to say, if the feature flag is enabled, use this validation, otherwise use this validation. But then I ran into this issue where I realized that while we were migrating the data over, it was not going to fall into the right validation. And so we had to have this discussion about when to turn on the feature flag and how to run this data migration. Because I knew it was going to take a little bit of time, but my calculation was wrong. It actually took an hour. So for like an hour, I was standing there looking at it, like making, like trying to make sure that any errors that came in validation wise related to this, we would catch 
None did, actually. <laughs> I can't believe that. But we did wind up in this interesting situation of migrating data when you have like validations on those columns and changing it to something outside of the original validation level. So you did do some Ruby. I did do some Ruby. Your favorite type, migrations. Yeah, migrations. I don't mind migrations. I think they're like, it's kind of like a puzzle. Did you do it as a maintenance task? I did. So we may have talked about it before. We use maintenance task at Podia. Maintenance tasks come out of Shopify and essentially they just give you a way to define like kind of long running processes. They're powered by background jobs and it's pretty cool because like they run in kind of like in batches. You define a collection of things that need a task run on them. And for us, that's a lot of times data migrations. And it keeps this like state of like when you run it, it'll run in number of iterations, free up, do another job, run more. It's a really solid library. We use it for data migrations a lot. We use it for type of maintenance task. Yeah. I came from a world where everything like this was done in a rake task and it is infinitely better. You didn't mention that you can pause the task while it's running and if it fails it can restart where it left off and you can see like how far it got into it really good we've done this a handful of times it's not a common thing but you can give it a csv to work with right you can define variables so part of the way andrea actually set this up but part of the way we add new features to like plans and stuff at podia is through maintenance tasks because they're database backed. So we can tell it like what plans it needs to go to and what the values, if there's any limits, things like that. It's so good. So if you haven't used that before, you should check yeah, it out. Yeah, if you're doing data migrations and rake tasks, stop, drop and roll over to this gem. <laughs> Dang. Dang. Yeah, I hit him with it. Yeah, or if you're doing data migrations in database migration files. Yeah. Definitely. You have to be careful Well, actually, okay. You have to be careful when you have some type of default scope. I was just Uh, about to say that. Yeah, you have to be careful. I've that twice this week. Yeah, you go to run it production and it doesn't like that. Part of the way, I guess, it calculates how to stop and pick back up and stuff is by not having some type of default scoping on it. Yeah, it's Uh, like a distinct and joins issue. And ordering. Yeah, yeah. So what we do is we call unscoped on it. But the takeaway here is just don't use default scopes. Yes, I firmly agree with that. I curse them whenever I run into that issue. Yeah, they seem like such a great idea when you add them. And then two weeks later, we have one. I have never added one. I don't think I've added one in several years. They used to be a default. I used to be okay with them, but they cause problems. Especially when they're like reverse ordered by default. And so you say yeah. like record dot first and you're like, Dude, wait a second. So annoying. I expected like something with an idea of like single digits. And this is like in the yeah. hundreds of thousands. What is this? Yeah. Well, I, that's the annoying part for me is I do dot last a lot all the time. Oh yeah. And you end up and with then the it gives you the one. first record. And I'm like, I don't want this. Yeah. I wish by default, you couldn't set a default scope. True that. Default scopes are bad. Always. I'm saying it right now. What else is interesting? Jamie, our fearless leader, we also call him, some of us call him dad at dad. Podia, wrote this gem. Uh, is it public? I've yet to look at this gem, really. Okay. So as Podia has grown, we have this problem where counting things becomes a much more involved process. Mm-hmm. And 
you might think, well, just use counter cash and you would be correct, except that as the company continues to grow even more, the things we need to count aren't as simple as like, I need to know how many of X association this one thing has. It's I need to know how many of X association with this set of requirements it has. And I might need four different variants of those requirements. And so it's a problem we've had for a while, especially like on our dashboards and stuff, we sum up numbers, like we do a lot of counting. And as it would turn out, that is inefficient sometimes. And so Jamie has been working on this for a while. Andrew just drops a link, so it'll be in the show notes. But it says hold on, hold on. It says under usage, you probably shouldn't use it right now unless you're the sort of person that checks if something is poisonous by licking it. Or you're working <laughs> at Podia where we are testing it in production. <laughs> Thanks, Dad. Oh. I feel like I just got called out. Let's see if it's on the old Ruby Gems. It looks like it, it is. is called Counterwise on there. Yep. In the, yeah. the repos public. Yeah, repost public. Cool. Okay. Yeah, so basically... The way Jamie set it up is really cool. So at the core, there's a database table, counter values, and has a polymorphic relationship. Much like if you use active storage or action text, you don't have to run a database migration for every single type of attribute you want to track. So like if I add it, has one image, has one file, I don't have to add some type of table for each one of those. So there's a polymorphic relationship and you define, okay. Mm, polymorphism. There it is. There it is. No, no SDI. So one and no today. We're good. So there is a declare something as countable. So you say, I don't know. I want to see how many emails this user has received. So you would say uh, a user has a counter of received emails. And then it will keep track of that in a database column uh, on a record called counter value. So then you don't have to do that math. It's just behind the scenes, always keeping track of those values. And it's got hooks in it. So you can define custom counters and say, when it's created, only if a record is created, only update the value if it meets this condition. Only right. Every time you update it, increment or decrement based on this condition. Right. It's really good. I mean, it's still early stages, but I've had to interact with it a couple of times and it's a really good solution to a really shitty yeah. problem. So he made Excel in Rails. Yeah. And it's really excelled in our code base. I just want to take a second to thank our sponsor, Honey Badger. Monitoring like web development can be complicated. There are tons of tools and techniques, but you just want to know that your app is up and your customers are happy. When your customers encounter a problem, you need clear, actionable intelligence, not walls of charts and reams of logs to tail. That's why they built Honey Badger, the monitoring tool we've always wanted. A tool that's there when you need it and gets out of your way when you don't, so you can keep shipping. Know when critical errors occur and which customers are affected. Respond instantly when your systems go down. Improve the health of your systems over time. And fix problems before your customers can report them. I know from personal experience, I've fixed bugs when they've shown up in Honey Badger and then emailed the customer to let them know, hey, I think I saw you get a 500 error. I fixed it. And I just wanted to let you know you can try again. And it blows those customers' minds to see that they didn't even have a chance to report the bug to you. It's wild. They love it. 
Honey Badger is the application health monitoring tool built for you, the developer who cares about a quality product and happy customers. Start monitoring today at honeybadger.io. It's free for small teams and setup takes as little as five minutes. Once again, that's honeybadger.io. I don't even, where are we even using this? We're using it for knowing the number of subscribers. There you go. So, because that I is, can think of reasons I would have used this in the past too. It's good. Yeah. It's good. And cool. it's cool because it's so easy to add one. That Jamie, he's a real genius, isn't he? He is. The, the other thing, or maybe the counter thing I forgot to mention, was that you need to, for anything that should trigger a change, you include a module counter changeable. And so, like, for the example of a user, you want to know how many emails they've received. That email needs to, email message needs to basically broadcast. So that is the counter changeable. And that's what... Gotcha. Then the things that implement the counter listen to. It's cool. There's a link to if you want to check it out. Shout out, yep. Dad. Shout out, Dad. He's always watching over us. With disgust. Yeah, making sure I wear a seatbelt. Shame. Yeah. I don't know if we were talking about it on here. We had, was it RailsConf? Yeah, it was. This we last ride, one. Riding in an Uber where Andrew told our boss that he doesn't wear a seatbelt. You're missing the context what was nope. happening in this uber car nope we were in the back seat all three of us of this uber car and i was sitting in the middle and there was no seatbelt. and i had made the comment because of the way the driver was driving i made the comment that if they slammed on the brakes that it would be time to hire a new developer and then i said something to the effect of like well i don't really wear a seatbelt anyway and ever since jamie's been quite perturbed about that i don't know the context actually changed that much the story still ended with you saying you don't wear a seatbelt. Okay, but I do. It depends on how I feel that day. <laughs> Sometimes I forget to put the seatbelt on. Fair. Whenever I see a cop, I remember. I bet you do. <laughs> yeah. Bet you do. I remember real quick. And I think that's everything I have to talk about. Have I done anything else interesting? Never. Never? Oh. What? I did have something. So I... I'm trying to improve some email performance. So mm. I guess email delivery performance. And to do that with certain notifications, we share them between like a person who sells on our platform and their customer will like share the same email, but based on who receives it, they should get a different link. Right. And so I've been trying to use email substitution for that this week. Email like, substitution. Data substitution. So oh. we have stuff where you can replace first name, full name, right, right, stuff right. like that. So I'm trying to leverage that for the links. And I've been blaming Action Mailer for my woes this week. And I was wrong. Going through the six with my woes? Go with that. Why did Action Mailer hurt you? Why did you victimize well, Action Mailer? <laughs> so I was trying to set... Actually, all that needed to change was the host. So I set okay. this... It's like the mustache syntax, right? And so I would set right. that in as like the host and URL to or link to with a URL route helper and wouldn't get picked up by the substitution because it was being escaped. And I thought, oh. well, that sounds like a good feature, right? And so I got action mailers doing that. So I got deep, deep, deep into action mailer. Couldn't find anything. Got knee deep in the mail gym. Okay. And then realize it's pre-mailer. So I spent uh, like oh. <laughs> I spent like a, oh. a, 
spent several days trying to figure this out. Premailer does it. And I can't tell if it's premailer or premailer rails, but I had to effectively tell it in the mailer to skip premailer. But if you've called mail already, take that message, run it through premailer. I had to G sub. God, it's awful. It's so bad, but I could not get it to stop escaping it. And I was prying into like the gyms locally and like walking through step by step. And I could never pinpoint where it actually gets encoded. Action mailer. I'm sorry. Mail gym. I'm sorry. So you victimized two gems for nothing and couldn't defeat the final boss. Couldn't defeat the final boss. No. She had to resort to regex. Apparently, this is a problem for other people. And so I found someone who's like, oh, I've opened a PR to allow handlebar templating for pre-mailer, except it was for the pre-mailer Rust library. Ah, so Nice. You didn't yeah, want to convert Rust to Ruby? No, no, I did not. I'd rather use my crap-ass regex. Yeah. But there's a param, like a config option for pre-mailer that's don't escape URLs, but that didn't work for me, so... Yeah, I mean, what does premailer do? <laughs> I mean, <laughs> okay. So I don't know if you I, know. I have an idea of what it does. At Podio, we send emails, and yes. okay, then you're halfway there. So what premailer will do will allow us to write styles, and then it will convert styles into inline styles. Ah, okay. It will also generate text parts out of HTML emails for us. It's really it's a great jam. We used to use Rody. Mm-hmm. to do this for a long time. I've used Rody. I want to say Rody's not being maintained anymore. So Premailer seems like I could be wrong, but doing my research with Mario, it seems like Premailer is the one a lot of people agree on using now. So I mean, it I mean obviously they use it. updated. Rody has. Well, I guess that no, Pre-Mailer not I'm Premailer. Well, that I'm looking at Premailer. Yeah. Pre- it's just yeah, Premailer, Pre- not Premailer Rails. I'm pretty sure Premailer it's actually like written in Ruby 2 and other languages port it. I'm pretty sure that's the case. Rody was updated five days ago. Released 5.2. Oh, I slandered another gem. This gem is now in passive maintenance mode. Okay. So I only have slandered it. Yes. Another victim. <laughs> victim. Yeah. Well, that's good. That sounds awful. Pretty dope. Pretty dope. Like the URL obfuscation, I've run into some issues with that recently as well. And I recently ran into the issue of like, I forgot what was valid to be in a URL and what wasn't. <laughs> and I'm like, which one am I supposed to replace with percent two zero <laughs> or whatever? That's yeah. the space, by the way. Unfortunately, I know that. <laughs> <laughs> Good. Well, slaps knee. I don't get anything. All right. We'll keep it short and sweet today. And that's how I like it. Let's what's your favorite ice let, cream? Vanilla. What? Yeah, I love vanilla. Just vanilla. Okay, but what's your non base flavor? Vanilla. Like you don't like chunky monkey or cookies and cream? I like the Americone dream from Ben and Jerry's. Yeah. <laughs> Never heard like, of that one. It's is it like a red, white, and blue fire rocket it, obstacle? It's, it's Stephen Colbert's flavor. Okay, okay. The Tonight Dough, I like that one. I like cookie dough in my ice cream. I like those all right. But like we went to Ben and Jerry's, actually went into one two weeks ago. I just got vanilla. 
I love vanilla so much. Vanilla gotcha. shakes, vanilla malts, vanilla ice cream. Gotcha. What's your favorite ice cream flavor? I like Butterfinger, Reese's. Yeah, I'm sure. Cookie you're... dough, chocolate, fudge blast. So extra. I think vanilla is my favorite base flavor, or it used to be. I don't know. These days, I kind of like to mix them up. Kind of like vanilla and chocolate. My favorite thing in the world is to combine vanilla and chocolate, but it's a certain ratio. And vanilla it is, is a certain ratio. The dominant yeah, no, I agree. Ratio. More vanilla. Like we'll do brownies and ice cream. And I'm like, yeah, I'll take like a quarter of a brownie and like three scoops of ice cream. Yeah. Oh, brownies and ice cream sound good. Yeah. We've been buying the Costco mix brownies. It'll last you like forever. Do you want to take a bet if Chris listens to this episode? Why would he? You okay. Well, I mean, you what listen. side are we betting on? I bet he doesn't. I bet he doesn't too. But I'm curious if because we talk about it, someone will tell him that we bet on it and then he listens to it. Well, then we're going to have like a phrase that he's going to have to tell us or something so that we know. Chris, if you hear this episode, say, I actually like view components and I'm wrong for re-implementing them. <laughs> <laughs> All right. See ya. Bye. <laughs>